Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello, AgCast listeners. This is Mike Moody, host of Alabama AgCast. This week's conversation is between our own soybean division director, Carla Hornady, and Dr. Eros Francisco, new grain crops specialist at Auburn University's School of Agriculture. The wrap-up today will feature Sheep and Goat Division Director Grayson Bench, who will share information about an upcoming education session for sheep and goat farmers. All right, Dr. Francisco, we appreciate you being with us today. I know that you arrived in Alabama in September of 2021, so could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to Auburn University? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you uh, this afternoon. Uh, So... um, my name is Eros Francisco. Uh, I'm now working for Auburn University as grain crop specialist. I'm doing research and extension uh, for grain crops and also uh, soybeans. But before that, uh, I moved from, from Brazil. You can tell by my accent, right? I still have to work on my southern accent, but I'll get there. Uh, so before coming to Alabama, let's go back in history, okay? Uh, my dad was, uh, I was born and raised in, in Mato Grosso State in Brazil. Most of uh, farmers nowadays are familiar with different uh, uh, crop production regions in the world. So Mato Grosso State is not so unknown as it was before. It was a very important, it is a very important region in in Brazil for crop production. So I was born and raised there. Uh, My father was a physician, but we had a a very, uh, a, a little ranch that he raised some cattle. I grew up visiting the, the, the farm and being there for managing cattle. And also I had friends uh, in my childhood that they, they had uh, grain production as well, so mostly soybean at that time, uh, because corn was not very important that, uh, at that time. So uh, they, they grew soybeans. We are speaking about uh, the 90s now, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, so I, w- I was very involved in, the, in crop production and, and also ranching. That was made me decide to get a, a, a BS in agronomy. So I, I did that. I went to college. I got a, a BS in agronomy. I was pretty much involved in, in research and and new studies uh, on soil types and, and crop science. Uh, I also did a little bit of uh, swine production just just for the, for the fun of it. <laughs> for two years, I was involved in swine production. But then I went back to uh, to agriculture and, and did more studies uh, uh, focusing on, on grain production. So after uh, college, I went and got a, a job with uh, Archer Daniels Midland in Brazil as a field agronomist. That was for two years. I did visit many farmers uh, in my region and also in, a, in another state. But then I decided to go back to college and get a master and PhD, a master in, in plant science and a PhD in soil science and, and plant nutrition. And at, at that time, I got the opportunity to come to uh, Alabama. I was with uh, IFDC in Muscle Shoals, the International Fertilizer Development Center for one year as a visiting scholar. I did part of my PhD uh, research at, the, at that institution. And that gave me the opportunity to know a, a little bit more, more about Alabama. And I was uh, very pleased to, uh, to be here at that time. Then when I finished my PhD, I decided to get a job in the academy. So I, I got a, a joint professor position at the Federal University of Monte Grosso. 
uh, I taught different uh, subjects and courses at that time, uh, from soil to uh, plant production and statistics and animal science as well. So it was very diverse uh, subject and I, I learned a lot. And then I got invited to join a, a research institution uh, that is very prestigious uh, in, in Mato Grosso is MT Foundation. Uh, at that time, and, and really nowadays, it's one of the most important institutions in, in Mato Grosso State for research. I had a chance to work uh, for them almost five years, and I developed most of my research and my field research uh, uh, skills in that position. And then IPNI invited me to, to join them, uh, and I did as deputy director for seven years with uh, the International Plant Nutrition Institute. And I covered most of the Midwest part of Brazil. So I, I was pretty much involved in soybean and, and corn and also cotton production. Uh, and I, I, I did, because of my background, I did a couple projects with uh, beef production as well trying to raise uh, biomass production of, of pastures in, in some parts of the Midwest of Brazil. But then IPNI decided to shut down, and so I, I had to uh, kind of provide my, for my family, and I started uh, another business. I, I started a firm as a crop consultant, and I did that for two years before coming to Alabama. So that's something of my, my history uh, so far. As a crop consultant, I could uh, work as involved in, in many projects and, and, and many and different uh, subjects in the farm. So from soil fertility to variety selection and uh, get the budget decisions with the farm. So very much involved in, in many activities of, of a farm. And it was a, just a bit of a, a land size. It was like 130,000 acres that I would use to cover. Uh, for different clients. So that brought me a lot of experience as well. Well, and I know the producers and farmers here in our state are glad to have you here. I know some of my committees pushed hard to get a grain specialist, so they're excited to have you here. And I know that as soon as you arrived, you kind of got your boots on the ground and went to visit some of the farmers and you attended a lot of meetings. So I know a lot of the challenges and issues that you saw in Brazil are similar here, but what would you say are some of the things you've learned since being in Alabama about maybe some things that are different but are alike also? Sure. Uh, well, Alabama has a, a different um, type of environment from no, from north to south. Uh, we go from the Black Belt region to uh, to the wiregrass, and they are totally different from from crop production stand uh, standpoint of view. The challenges are are mostly the same, uh, regardless of the region. Uh, everyone wants to yield more and, and make more and be more profitable. Uh, and we're, we are struggling in any environment to, to yield more. As I used to say, uh, soybeans, we do have a, a package of that crop production that is easy to, easy to get up to 60 bushels per acre. But beyond 60, then some challenges start to arise, right? Uh, you've got to be more focused on soil fertility. You've got to pick your, your right uh, variety. Uh, adapted to your region, to your situation. And also um, what I have learned where you can improve the most is doing uh, your own activities, your own operations at the right time and with the most uh, care you, you can. You've got to 
pay attention to the, to those operations they they do uh pay back if you do it right and in the right time so but here in Alabama we have a uh, a different uh, situation as compared to to Brazil I was used with a, a very hot uh, winter not this kind of winter so uh for me it was uh it was used to suggest um and like cover crops and cover crops after soybeans in Brazil, they do yield a lot of biomass. They they, they have the chance to uh, to grow and and produce a lot of biomass. And that's one challenge that I, I'm seeing here in Alabama. The 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 window for uh, cover crop is not as big as uh, in in Brazil, for instance. Uh, but we we can we can um, help with that. Uh, in fact, we are proposing a research. Uh, study uh, just to check if we can contribute uh, for corn using a different strategy for cover, uh, cover crops. Um, and also, farmers are very uh, very interested in in getting used with new technologies. Uh, the precision egg is is really uh, is, is really a boom everywhere in in the world. The thing is, if you do apply precision egg tools in your farm, you're going to get a lot of information. And the challenge is not getting the information. The challenge is really interpreting the information and, and getting the right decision what to do with that information. Uh, some In some cases, it is nematode. In some cases, in other cases, uh, uh, soil compaction uh, or organic matter in your soil. So it's really... It's really key to have an agronomist or uh, someone, uh, an expert, to help you define what is the source of variability in the field that you can uh, address with any uh, management practice. So the challenges are still the same. How do how do we uh, overcome variability, and how do we really get information uh, from from the ground? Let's take a break from the conversation and hear a word from our sponsor. It's never a dull day on the farm, especially when your day starts before the sun comes up. We're Alabama Ag Credit, and while some don't get it, we do. As the local experts in rural real estate financing, we've helped farmers finance everything from homes and land to tractors and crops. Because sometimes your natural resources need financial resources. Dr. Francisco, do you have any projects currently going on? I know you mentioned that you're asking for funding for a few others, but do you have anything currently going on? Yes, there there is uh, one project that I was uh, involved in Brazil, and it was uh, searching for a, a more profitable and and feasible source of sulfur uh, for soybean and corn. Uh, and sulfur is is not a key element as it is phosphorus and potassium and nitrogen for corn and and grasses. Uh, but we are getting uh, some interesting uh, results, uh, and I'm working hard to finish a paper right now just to get it published on um, some results. But the the project is still going on, and I do have some uh, papers that I still need to work and finalize uh, regarding uh, a, a theme that was very um, very much uh, spread out in different regions, um, which is called ecological intensification. And we were trying to use that concept for uh, increasing corn yield in many regions of the world. And I was involved in, in that for the Midwest part of Brazil as well. And also I had some projects going on uh, for 
fertilizer management practices uh, to increase soybean yield. Yeah, but nowadays uh, my focus is in, in Alabama and, and as you asked, uh, we do have some proposals that we are submitting uh, for the board, uh, for the alpha board. We are gonna study some uh, field trials regarding plant population and planting dates for soybeans and corn with the main focus not to have a best plant population. This is almost set for uh, Alabama. Uh, planting dates we can address a little bit, but the focus would be to create a, a table that we can estimate the yield loss uh, related to uh, losing of plant population. And if, if you have to replant your field, uh, you need to have this uh, estimation how much you're going to lose if you decide to replant your field based on the population you have uh, after any damage you have with your uh, seedlings, if it is a weather event or soil conditions or, or pests. Uh, and also, when you decide to replant, you are planting in, an, in a different planting date. So what is the yield loss associated with that decision? That's one project that we are submitting for soybeans and corn. Uh, also, there is another study that I will uh, carry out regarding biologicals for seed, for soybean seed treatment. Uh, biologicals are, not many farmers use biologicals nowadays, and I noticed that in Alabama. But in Brazil, it's it's a hot topic, and I'm kind of moving ahead in my, in my thinking, but it, it relates to this research that we are putting out. There is a group of specialists in in U.S. and they want to study biologicals for soybeans and try to understand what is the real effect related to to any product that uh, claims to be biological. If it is uh, root growth or any synergistic um, effect uh, with soil uh, conditions. Uh, so uh, we are we are being uh, I'm being involved in this uh, in this research and we are going to set some trials this season. Yeah, and I think that's the one we sent out the um, survey about. So um, we'll be sure to include that in the show notes if anyone did not get that survey to help these um, Dr. Francisco and those that he's collaborating with to get the information they need here in Alabama. So we'll be putting that in our show notes if y'all don't mind filling that out if you are a grower. And also, Carla, we will have some uh, on-farm soybean and corn variety trials that uh, we're going to set in different regions of the state. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to take advantage of those trials to study a bit more of nitrogen for, for corn and potassium for soybeans, which are critical elements and, and nutrients for corn and soybean production. All right. And I know that as you were talking about these projects you're looking at, as I guess farmers and a lot of researchers use social media. Do you use any of those sites where farmers can kind of keep up throughout the growing season as you're doing your research? Do you post anything or is it just at the end when you give your report? Yes, I do have a Twitter account that I use 100% for professional purpose. Uh, I'm not going to speak up my mind through Twitter uh, or personal opinion. This is really for a professional uh, subject where uh, people can check it out. And also, I'll be periodically contributing with the Alabama Crops, Crops Report uh, newsletter that the Alabama Extension puts out. So you all can go online and, and check that and subscribe for the newsletter. And I'll, I'll be putting out some, some uh, info there as well. 
And also, I'll, I'll try to create, uh, I haven't decided yet if a blog or a website that we can share information regarding uh, those crops. There is, uh, my appointment is, is, a, is a bit huge right now. If I, I can't cover too much. Uh, but anyways, I'll try to uh, focus on corn and soybeans this season and start moving on on small grasses uh, with time. All right. Well, we greatly appreciate you taking time to join us today. We appreciate what you're doing and the plans that you have in place to, to benefit the farmers in our state. So thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. And now, your weekly Ag Cash wrap up. everybody, this is Grayson Bench with the Alabama Farmers Federation, and I'm excited to share an opportunity with you that we are providing to our members, specifically involved in the sheep and goat industry. On February 18th, here at the Alpha Home Office, we will be providing an educational session from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. We'll be discussing reproductive technologies in sheep and goats specifically, which seems to be a unique concept that a lot of our producers were very interested in learning more about. Registration for this event closes this coming Friday, February 11th. The link will be listed below in the show notes. Lunch will be included at this event around 12 o'clock p.m. and there will be a $25 registration fee. Once again, you can find the registration link below in the show notes and we look forward to seeing you on February 18th here at the Alpha Home Office. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.